So we are currently in a series called Songs of Yesterday, and if you've hung with us, what we've been doing is looking at some of the greatest worship songs, the greatest hymns ever written, and we've looked at some of the stories behind those, we looked at the theology within them, and when we learn that, when we learn the stories, when we learn the theology, it, it changes the way that we sing songs, like it changes how we sing them, and if it changes how we sing them, it changes the way that we worship, and it informs, okay, who we worship, right? So today, as, as Philip mentioned, we are talking about the song, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And as we've gone through this series, my, my wife and I would have just different conversations uh, about what songs to do next, what songs should we do, what, song kinda, what songs touch on different themes. And those conversations sort of happened randomly. And so she mentioned to me a few weeks ago, oh, you should do Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And I don't know if I was having a bad day or a bad moment because I laughed and said, it's not sweet to trust in Jesus. Right? Sermon over. Let's pray. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not so much that, like, I feel like that notion or that feeling is very real, right? To, to be in a situation where we have to trust Jesus. We don't always like that, okay? But, but that, that is, is something true. It is sweet to trust in Jesus. We don't always like being put in positions to trust him, right? It's those situations. It's those bitter situations where we have to trust him that, that we don't always like. If we would just trust him and everything was just peachy keen, then we'd be good. But, but it's situations like this. It's these opportunities to trust him that we often do not like. And that was exactly the case for a young woman named Louisa Sneed. Louisa Sneed was a 25-year-old, met the love of her life, married this man, and they had a little girl named Lily. And when Lily was about 10, they decided to take a family picnic down to the river. And so as they were picnicking and picnicking, I don't know if I just made something up just then, but as they were having their picnic, uh, there was a young boy who began to drown. And Mr. Sneed jumped into action, went to save the boy, uh, unfortunately, not only was he not able to save the boy, he actually died in trying to save him as well. And so what started as just this wonderful family picnic quickly ended in tragedy. And it was written of, uh, of Louisa. Said, um, Louisa was unable to maintain and support her daughter financially. But somehow... Whenever Louisa was at her last or had nothing to eat, some good soul would feel led to bake a pie or rest a basket outside her door so that she and Lily can have something to eat. Louisa saw this as the grace of God that provided for her in her time of trial and need. And through this, her faith and trust in God only grew stronger. And so she would later remarry uh, another wonderful man, and God brought her to a place. The Lord brought her to a place that she could begin to write and sing and declare, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." And, and with a story like that, this poor young woman certainly had the opportunity to trust Jesus. And, and for you and I, these opportunities to trust come in, in a lot of different forms, do they not? But I think for you and I, they often come in the form of something that is the direct opposite of trust, and that is worry. Don't we worry? We worry about so many different things, and, and just hearing her story, reading her story, 
even though she's long gone and the Lord take, took care of her, I felt anxious just reading her story, being put in the situations that she was in. Uh, but worry is the opposite of trusting God. And God is very clear on worry. He, he spells out anxiety and worry for us very well. Um, God doesn't want me or you to worry about anything. Nothing. Nada. Zilch. Okay, Philippians 4, 6 says, God says, don't worry about anything. Very clear, right? Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Pray about everything. You can pray or you can panic. Right? If you're, if you're not praying, then you're panicking. You can worship or you can worry. Right? And so if you want to push worry out the back door, begin to worship the king. Begin to worship the Lord. Trust the Lord. Okay? And so in, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus dedicates, dedicates actually a good bit of time to worry. Like sometimes we see these little snippets here and there, but, but Jesus actually weighs in very heavily. And, and if you listen, you can find this in Matthew chapter 6 if you want to flip over to that. But in Matthew chapter 6 in verse 25, Jesus begins asking, this is a, a very popular teaching method uh, of the rabbis in the days of Jesus, is that they would often teach by asking questions. And, and we, what we would do is we would kind of answer those questions you know, in our minds. We would answer those rhetorically. But this is what Jesus says. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Again, he's asking these questions, and the people would say, yes, we are, okay? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? None of us, okay? And why are you anxious about clothing? I don't know, okay? <laughs> Consider the lilies of the, valley, lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, okay, wealthiest man ever, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Yes. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. This is, this is big. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He is very aware of your needs. He is perfectly aware of your, need, of your needs, what you need, uh, what your future looks like. He, he is more informed than anyone you could ever know. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. He says that three times in this passage. Do not be anxious, do not be anxious, do not be anxious. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself, Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And is this not a passage that we could read every single day of our lives? Like, if not every day, multiple times a day. I could get up in the morning and read this. I could read this in the afternoon. I could read this before I go to bed, and it would still be beneficial to me. But if you are anything like me, is, is that I can, I can read that passage here and say, yes, don't worry. Yes, don't be anxious. Great, this is awesome. I can set it down, go over here, and just freak out and worry about everything. Is that just me? 
right? So we just have this tendency to worship. And there's, there's a few things that, that I think that we can pull from this passage um, that I think that, that can be helpful to us, okay? And so here's, here's just a few of them. I don't, I don't have them on the screen, but you can write these down if you want to. But the first one is this. Worry is unnatural. Worry is unnatural. Now, you may think to yourself, no, worry comes very naturally to me. I'm very good at worry. Here's what I mean. Of, of all of God's creation, okay, every living thing that there is, human beings are the only ones that worry, right? So, you know, plants don't worry. Cows don't worry. Cats don't worry. Dogs don't worry. Now, you may think, well, I've seen my dog kind of get anxious. Like, yeah, if you're taking them somewhere they've never been in a car before, like, yes, they feel that way in the moment. They feel kind of fearful and uncertain in the moment. But dogs don't lay awake at night pondering the meaning of life, right? Dogs don't wonder how the presentation is going to go tomorrow. Like, they're, they're dogs. They're animals. Like, there's, there's nothing quite like the human race. It is, it is us that, that humans tend to worry. And, and somewhere along the way, it's something that we learned. Like we learned to worry. When we were kids, we had far more trust in people and, and in life than we do today, right? Like somewhere along the way, we learned to worry. Like I remember whenever I was a kid and uh, we would go places. I don't know if, if you ever experienced this, but like when it's raining really hard and you're in the car and the wipers are going and it can barely keep up with the pace of the rain. Like that's a little scary, right? Uh, I just remember it so many times being a little fearful as a kid in the backseat, um, but knowing that my dad was driving the car, I could lay my head back and fall asleep. Like there's just certain things that I, as a, as a child, you have trust in, that you're, you're able to trust, but somewhere along the way, we, we learn to worry about things. Life has given us opportunities to not trust Life has given us opportunities to worry about every little thing. And so it's something that we have learned. It's something that we have developed. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says, look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They, they make no investments. They do not reap. They do not sow. Yet don't you have more value than them? Of course you do. Of course you do. Look at, look at the fields. Look at the flowers. All right? Especially here in the fall. Like you drive by uh, certain wooded areas, you see the yellows and the reds and the oranges. You just see the beautiful colors uh, that God has given. Like a, a man like Solomon, a king like Solomon, and all of his decadence and all of his wealth could never decorate his throne room the way that God decorates okay, the seasons and the earth and the flowers. Right? How much more valuable are you? Right? So... Not only is worry un unnatural, right? It's something that we learn. But worry simply isn't helpful at all. Worry is not helpful. It does us no good. Now, there's a difference. Let's be fair. There's a difference in planning and worrying, right? Like, we all need to plan. There's all certain responsibilities that we need to take. It's like, hey, have you changed your oil in your car this year? I'm not going to worry about it. There's a difference between be about worrying and being an idiot, okay? Like, do the things that you need to do, yes, but as far as worrying about things that you have no control over, it's not helpful, right? It's not helpful. Okay, verse 27, what does Jesus say? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Worry adds nothing to your life. It doesn't make you more money. It doesn't make you taller. Okay, it doesn't help you lose weight. It doesn't make you smarter. Um, it doesn't add a day to your life. In fact, Okay, with all the research about what different hormones do and the hormone that's created when you stress, if anything, that stress hormone 
uh, can make you sleep less, eat more, gain weight. If anything, stress and worry can take days, can take years off of your life. Okay? Worry, worrying about the past does you no good because no, there's nothing you can do to go back and change it. Uh, Dr. Brown has not invented the flux capacitor yet, so we don't have the opportunity to go back in time. Uh, there's something, as much as you think that you can control tomorrow by worrying about it, there's nothing you can do about that. Jesus says there's no need to worry because there is a heavenly Father that knows your needs, okay, that knows what you need, and that cares for you. And when we worry, when we worry, we assume responsibility for things that God never intended for us to assume responsibility for. Right? And so what worry is, and this is the third thing, so not only is it unnatural, not only is it not helpful, but worry is a warning light. Worry is a warning light because whenever we worry, okay, we begin to act like God. We begin to take responsibility for things that are not our responsibility. And we, be we begin to think that everything depends on us. And if I don't do this thing, it's not going to work out. And we pretend like we don't have a Heavenly Father that loves us when in fact we do. And he, know, he knows us better than we know ourselves. So why, is it, why do we worry? Why do we forget? The, why do we forget the promises of God? Whenever we worry, it is a warning light that reminds us that you have forgotten the goodness of God, that you have forgotten his promises, that you have forgotten that he will meet all of your needs. All of the 3,000 promises that, that are in the word of God, we, we forget those. We easily forget those, and if we, we need to start, when we start trying to um, uh, supply our own needs, when we start trying to fix problems apart from God, that's when we get ourselves into trouble, right? Trying to do things and, and live life apart from God and do things our own way. And it's crazy what we choose to worry about, isn't it? Like, think about this for a minute. Like, for those of us who... Um, most of us in this room are believers. Like, we've given our life to Jesus. We, we identify Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He died on the cross for our sins. I can't do it on my own. Uh, he has saved me. He has redeemed me. There's, there's no chance that I have apart from Him. Like, so the most important thing in life, like where we will spend eternity, we will trust Jesus with that, but we will freak out and stress about everything else in the world. Will we not? Like we will, and it doesn't make sense. Like what's the logic to that? that? That we trust Jesus with this big thing, but we're not trusting him to help us make our car payment. We'll trust Jesus with these large things, this large thing of, of salvation in our lives, uh, but we won't trust him uh, with a friend or with a loved one who is sick. Um, we, we don't trust him to help us get the job or help us uh, lead our son to know the Lord or, or whatever your situation is. There's so many different things that we, that we find that we stress about. Every time you worry, you're acting like an orphan and not the son or daughter that you truly are. This is the, the situation that we put ourselves in. And so what role does worry play in your life? What are you worrying about this week? What are you worrying about today? Like, what's, what's something that, that you constantly worry about over the course of years? And uh, to be fair, it kind of changes from time to time, doesn't it? Like, there are different seasons that we worry about this thing, and then that's taken care of, and so it's, we're moving into this season, so we're freaking out and worrying about this. It's, um, it's said that, that great preachers live in their sermons. And, and what that means is um, they, they experience themselves. Their sermons are not something that 
oh, this is for the little people, and I don't, I don't deal with this at all myself, but, but instead it's an opportunity to say, hey, this is where I'm at also. And so this is, this is my attempt to do that. Um, I, the, the Lord has given me the opportunity to trust him in a different way this week. Okay? Some of you know, uh, I, I've had a little bit of like just some plumbing issues in my house and what a problem that happened about a week or two ago uh, we thought was solved. But just this past Thursday, we found that it's a little more extensive than we thought it was going to be. And there's a 20-foot hole in my ceiling now. And so with all of that, and if you've been in that situation where you, you've had kind of some, some repairs to happen in your home, can't that create a little bit of attention, a little bit of tension and stress in your house? Absolutely, right? Right? And so you couple that with like, what's the warranty going to do? You know, paying the deductible. Like everyone's stress can look a little different, right? And so in the last 72 hours, I've had to uh, make this decision to just sort of still my heart a little bit and, and say, Lord, I, I trust you with this. You're good. You're God. I, I'm Yes, I'm going to take responsibility for this, but, but I'm just going to lay any stress, any worry at your feet because this is something that you want me to trust you with. And so your worry probably looks really different. I think our worry probably changes over time. Your worry might have a lot more to do with relationships and your opportunity to trust the Lord may be wrapped up in a relationship, a broken relationship with someone right? Your opportunity to trust God uh, might be more of a financial one where you have to make the decision. Do we make this payment now? Do I have enough to retire? And money is one of those things that, that is really interwoven a lot of times with worry because whether we like it or not, money can solve a lot of problems, right? Um, but what we also know is that for those who, who don't have it, they will worry about getting it. For those who do have it, they will worry about keeping it. And so there's so many different opportunities and things to worry about. And yet so many things that we have opportunities to trust the Lord with. Right? Whether that be money, whether that be relationships, whether that be uh, how, is this, how is my career going to work out? Who do I need to marry? Answering all these questions, is this person going to get better? Am I going to recover from this ailment? So many opportunities that we have to trust the Lord. Worry takes on so many different shapes in so many different sizes. But my, my favorite line from, from this song that we'll sing in a minute, uh, written by Louisa Sneed, is she, she sings these lines and wrote this, this line. She says, I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Because what that tells me is that we learn to worry, but we can learn to trust him again. That over the course of our lives, if we can focus on his word, if we can focus on his promises, if we can focus on his goodness, he will once again train us and teach us to trust him with that thing, to trust him with that difficulty. Whenever we come to a place uh, where we can have fear, where we can have worry, where we can have anxiety, we can go back to his word, right? The words of Jesus himself and say, do not be anxious. You have a father who knows your needs, right? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. And so what, what worries do you carry with you this morning? What worries did you bring in with you this morning? And if you dropped it at the door, what worries are you going to pick up when you leave? Right? Because those opportunities come. Those opportunities to trust God come in so many different shapes and so many different sizes. If we could only do that, if we could only hear the words of Jesus, receive the words of Jesus, 
and trust him with these situations in our lives that bring us fear, that bring us anxiety, and that bring us worry. And so in a moment, we're going we're gonna to sing, Tis So Sweet, and, and we'll take communion together. And, and when we do that, it's just such a beautiful picture, the, the bread and the cup of communion. Um, that's a reminder that, that in Jesus there is rest, right? In Jesus there is rest, even despite our sins, in the fears that we experience in our life, right? In the unrest, in the turmoil, Jesus comes as the Prince of Peace to give us rest, to rest our, our minds, to rest our hearts, and to rest our souls, that we can fix our eyes on Him and He will deliver. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you, God, that, that you are our God, that you are not some uh, impersonal deity far off that, that set things into motion, that, that winds us up like clocks and just lets us run and lets us uh, wind out our days by ourselves, Lord. But you are a God that interacts with us. You are a God that put your spirit inside of us, Father. And, and your word tells us that we should not be anxious, that we should not fear, that we should not worry, but instead we should worship. Instead, we should pray. Instead, we should look to you when we have those opportunities to trust you. It's, it's what you want. It's what you want from your children. And so, Father, I pray, uh, I pray to you, we pray to you as the God that knows our needs, that knows us better than we know ourselves. Father, I pray that we would be people that would seek your kingdom first, that we would seek your face, that we would uh, seek your word, that we would seek your direction for our lives. And whenever we panic, Instead, we would pray that whenever we would worry, that we would worship so that you would be the one that would lead us through these dark times, that you would be the one that would lead us through these difficult seasons, Father. And God, we celebrate and we sing to you this morning. Uh, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. We love you. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.